Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 202, Fall Turkey Hunting with Bob Fulcher. And I am your host and the guy who went to the new hunting club this weekend and got some cutting and disking of the fields done, which needs to be done because bow season for deer in Alabama starts October the 15th and gun season for deer starts November the 17th. I think that's the right date for gun season for deer, but it's pretty close. And we have almost broken the six-month mark for the opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama because we are 184 days, 11 hours, 55 minutes, and 40 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season. So I know you guys have heard the expression, drive it until the wheels fall off. Well, (laughs) This weekend, I drove the tractor until the tire fell off. (laughs) So, on my tractor, I had a front tire that was low. It was leaking air from the valve stem. And I got about 95% done with one of the fields with disking it up. And, of course, the ground is soft. The tire's low. I'm turning. The field is very small that I'm disking in. So, the wheel is turned on this tractor pretty much the whole time that I'm disking it. And the tractor dug in, and the tire came off the rim. So there we are in the middle of pretty much nowhere, me and three other guys, with a tractor with three good wheels and tires, two four-wheelers and a truck. So one of the guys took off back to the camp and got a tie-down strap and got some starter fluid. And our plan was to put the tie-down strap around the tire, ratchet it down as tight as we could get it, and spray some ether in the tire, light a match, and see if it wouldn't seat the tire back on the rim, which for most of you guys, you know that that is a little hack to get a tire seated back on a rim, but none of the four of us have ever tried that before, so I was a little bit nervous about trying that out. Then one of the guys had the idea, well, let's just put the ratchet strap on there, pour some water around the rim, get that ratchet tighten down as hard as we can, as tight as we can, and pump some air into it and see if it won't just seat itself so we don't have to try the explosion route. And fortunately for us, it worked. And about 15 minutes later, we were back on the tractor making a go at it again. So we got several fields disked up, several fields planted, 
That's a good thing because Sunday night we got rain. So with seed, fertilizer, and water, oh yeah, and broken ground, we should have some food plots here within the next 10 days or so. So today I've got a little bit of quick turkey soup for you before we jump into the meat of the episode. First up, the West Virginia Department of Natural Resources reminds hunters to inspect their equipment, sight in their guns, and scout before hunting season starts. I mean, that's a great reminder. I think as silly as it sounds to have to be reminded about that, I think it's really great that the West Virginia Department of Natural Resources sent out a press release to remind hunters to do that before they go in the woods. They also want to remind hunters of some changes for this fall. Number one, Sunday hunting is legal on public lands throughout West Virginia. That's awesome. I know a couple of times that I've been to North Carolina and hunted public land over there, that is a huge inconvenience to not be able to hunt public land on Sundays. Also, they want to remind hunters that fall wild turkey season dates and open counties have changed. So be sure to look that up to make sure that you guys stay legal. Our second ingredient today is Idaho wants to remind hunters that any unused spring general tag or extra tags may be used during the fall season. Now that's pretty cool. They're letting hunters who did not get to use their spring general or extra tag use it in the fall. And turkey season has opened already for most of the Panhandle and the Clearwater area. It actually opened on August the 30th, and the season will open in other parts of the state on September the 15th, so it won't be long. Our third ingredient in turkey soup today is that Missouri's fall season opens on October 1st, and runs until the end of October. The state allows two birds of either sex to be harvested, and hunters can hunt all day in the fall compared to a half day in the spring season. So I think Missouri allows one bird in spring, and they allow two birds in the fall, and you can hunt all day long in the fall. That's a pretty good opportunity. I think they're encouraging hunters to get out there and do some fall turkey hunting this year. And they also say that they had a good hatch across most of the state this year and that they're expecting a lot of young of the year birds. Speaking of all this fall turkey hunting that I've been talking about in the turkey soup, late last month I got a tweet from Dave Lennox. Now I don't think it's the same Dave Lennox that is keeping you warm in the winter and cool in the summer, but it could be. So I got this tweet from Dave Lennox. And he asked me for a fall turkey hunting episode. And since it has been a couple of years since I did one of those, I thought that Dave's idea was a very good one. I reached out to Bob Fulcher, who has been fall turkey hunting for many years, and who you guys may recognize from a previous episode on Dissecting a Box Call, which is episode number 125, if you want to go back and listen to that one. Now, you may remember that Bob is the owner of Shade Tree Callers in Ohio. Since Bob loves to talk turkey, he agreed to come on the show and share his fall turkey hunting experience and knowledge with us. Listen in closely, as I think there's some good 
stuff in this interview. Here's Bob Fulcher with Shade Tree Callers to talk about fall turkey hunting, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey everybody, I am glad to tell you that I have on the line with me today Bob Fulcher with Shade Tree Callers. And Bob has been on the show before. It's been about a year and a half since I've had Bob on the show, but we did a call on, or we did a show, I should say, on dissecting a box call. And we talked about really all kinds of things related to box calls, and it was awesome. And I got my scratch box call from Bob, and it is incredible sounding, and I'm excited about that. So, Bob, how are you today, and where are you? Hey, Andy, I'm doing real well. I'm here in the beautiful state of Ohio. Good deal. Getting ready for some deer turkey and little squirrel hunting coming up. Yeah, the time of year is close, isn't it? Yes, sir. When does your fall turkey season start? We start here October 13th is opening morning. Okay. That's about two weeks into our deer season. And I've I've got a couple outdoor riders coming in for a fall turkey hunt slash squirrel hunt. So I'm looking forward to that. We're actually going to be chasing squirrels with federal premium TSS 410 ammunition. Ooh. So I can't tell you how excited I am to shoot $6 a shell ammunition at a squirrel. It's going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) A squirrel's not going to stand a chance against that TSS. No, no. It'll be a lot of fun out there with the 410. I haven't chased any small game with one of those since I was a kid. Then, as I have told you, I've, I've really been into chasing the wild turkeys with the 410 since last year. Yeah. Really looking forward to that. Yeah, that's awesome. So... It has been a year and a half since you were on the show last. So just as a reminder, tell us again a little bit about yourself, your business, and how you got into turkey hunting. Well, I tell you, I've been turkey hunting since I was about 13 years old. I was kind of introduced to it by an uncle and really took it up on my own pretty much the whole time. My grandfather, Fulcher, used to build muzzle loading rifles down in West Virginia and he's actually very well known for the rifles that he built and was credited with the rebirth of black powder hunting in West Virginia. And he built a turkey call for my brother when I was about five years old. And something about that call stuck in my brain and I was fascinated even as a young child that you could take a box call, two pieces of wood and a spring and a screw and little chalk on it and you could actually go out and call a wild animal to you with that, you know, and even mm-hmm. as a child, I was just fascinated with it. So when I got older, um, I was really into woodworking and stuff all through high school. And, you know, just started taking up the turkey calls when I was about 18, building some scratch boxes. And then there's a point where I, I wanted to get into the big league boys turkey calls. And I wanted a Neil cost boat paddle more than anything. Well, I couldn't afford to buy one because they were a couple thousand dollars and I decided that I would you know take my hand at building my own I've been very blessed and and I've built thousands of calls to get to the point where I'm at but through a lot of trial and error and building many calls I got to a point where I was actually able to win the Grand National Championship last year that's a competition held by the National Wild Turkey Federation it's the, the biggest most important call making contest yeah that's offered to call makers So I was really, really fortunate to win those honors. But when it comes right down to it, I'm just an absolute turkey hunting junkie and have been since I was a little kid. Something about that bird and and the gobble that it gives out that just, I like to say, 
stole a little piece of my soul a long time ago. <laughs> I think everyone listening to this show can completely relate to that statement. Yep, there's something that it just it gets into you. It gets into your soul. It gets into your heart. It kind of takes over every part of you, if you allow it anyways. And, and I certainly had no control in that. It just took over me. Yeah. But I enjoy it. It's good, clean fun. Absolutely. Well, that is when the turkeys are cooperating, it's good, clean fun. When they're not cooperating, it's, it's not quite as clean. It can often That's a little be. frustrating then. It can get hot and sweaty chasing those birds around. But yeah, yeah. It's uh, definitely a passion. Yes, indeed. Not, not all hobbies can obsess you you know, with the passion that, that hunting does, and especially a, a bird as grand as a wild turkey. There's just nothing like it. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to be among the 10th Legion. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we get into this, if anyone wants to take a look at your calls or buy one of your calls, whether it's a scratch box or a box call, how would they go about getting in touch with you? How would they go about looking at some of the calls that you have to offer? Well, I tell you, I'm pretty active on social media these days. So Facebook is absolutely the best way to get hold of me. And I just simply go by my name, Bob Fulcher, F-U-L-C-H-E-R. I do have a website. It's shadetreecallers.webs.com. So it's shadetreecallers, and that's spelled C-A-L-L-E-R-S, dot webs, W-E-B-S, dot com. Or you can simply call me, area code 937-270-3299. Very good. And I think the last time we talked, you were... You had a pretty good backlog of of calls to make, custom calls, because you don't do anything that's production. You are hand-making these calls, each one of them, one by one. So you had, a, I think, a couple-year waiting list. Are you still running about the same on your box calls? Yes, sir. I keep a pretty long wait list on them. A couple reasons. I don't build a lot of them, and I don't build them very fast, Yeah, but uh, I try to try to make everyone as absolutely best sounding as I can. Yeah. And they are completely custom. So, you know, if somebody says, Hey, I want this type of wood on the base and this type of wood for the, the top of the box, then you can hook them up with that most of the time, can't you? And even make Correct. recommendations from there as well. Correct. Yeah. I, I, I don't usually have calls like what you would call in stock that I can just grab off the shelf and send you. So each call is built to your specifications, it's you know when when you call and order a uh, call of any type, whether it's a trough call, a scratch box, or one of my box calls, wing bone yelpers, they're all built for you. So you know you order a box call, I'm going to ask you what kind of woods you want to use. I'm going to make recommendations because I limit what woods I use to to woods that I know will be consistent and the best sounding that I can that I can use. I did my experimenting years ago, and now I've I've learned to stick with just good solid combinations that that always sound good proper but yeah. a call will be built just for you it's not not going to be picked off a shelf that i you know built randomly and i'm going to put in a box and mail it to you it's it's going to be individually built just for the person that orders it yeah that's awesome well i want to talk some fall turkey hunting with you because i've had a couple of listeners request it as we're kind of winding down the dog days of summer here and i know that not unlike spring turkey hunting there's a couple of methods for hunting fall turkeys so i want to i want you to talk a little bit about those but first 
Can you tell us what really your preferred method for hunting fall turkeys is? Do you like to bust flocks? Do you do any dogging? What what are are you are you just trying to set up on them in the mornings when they're on the roost and call them in from there? What's your preferred method of hunting them? When I answer that question, usually what I'm going to tell you is I hunt them the same way I do in the spring. I like to hunt turkeys, you know, straight from the roost out there before daylight. They're usually very vocal. You know, in the fall, you'll hear sometimes the whole flock will just be out there talking. You know, I've, I've listened to them for hours on the roost, talking back and forth, 30 or 40 birds. And, you know, it's exciting to hear that kind of activity. So I like to be there from the start. I'm going to stay in the, and, and I'm going to start calling to them when they hit the ground, you know, just like I would in the springtime. Um, I used to think due to tradition that you had to bust the flock in order to have a successful hunt. And since I, I hunt solely without dogs myself, I kind of came to the conclusion that finding your quarry and then scaring it off with the hopes of calling it back to you was kind of silly when all you really had to do was go out there like you do in the spring, approach it, hunt the birds, listen to them, use woodsmanship to get yourself in, in the right position and call those birds to you without ever having to scare the daylights out of them. Yeah. And I think it's my hunts have been a lot more successful that way than they were when I tried to locate and, and scatter flocks. And I've even I've scattered flocks at night. I've scattered them in the mornings. It just always seems kind of counterproductive to me. If you're using a dog, that's the preferred method, and that's a lot of fun. And and we do do that at times. You know, use a dog primarily. You're looking to you're, the dog is going to assist you in finding those turkeys through scent and then when you do locate them the dog can rush in kind of get a really good scatter because it's a lot faster than most of us old guys can run get in there and get a good scatter on those birds get them into different directions and that's when you can really sit back tuck your dog back into a little burlap sack or a camo bag and then we usually wait about 30 minutes start calling the birds back to you and and a lot of times they'll want to reassemble back where they were scattered from they're a social animal. They like to be together. And so they'll, they'll usually, if things go right, you will get them to regroup in that same area you've scattered them from. And then hopefully take, you know, one or two out of that flock. But yeah. um, primarily, I really like to, for myself, I like to approach it just like spring hunting and just go out and chase the birds. And on, and on that note, I've got two different approaches for fall hunting because you can either hunt mature gobblers or you can focus on hunting mature hens i prefer myself to hunt hens in the fall because i'm looking to harvest hens to help balance and manage my flocks and i'm looking to put a couple sets of wing bones in my freezer every year that i can use to make quality wing bone turkey calls yeah and the approach is totally different with with the different sexes in the fall because you know opposite of what you're doing in the spring where you're trying to uh, attract a gobbler with the sounds of a hen because he wants to breathe. When well, the fall, he's not very concerned about being with the hens. He'd rather be with other gobblers. They separate themselves off generally into separate flocks. Older jakes and gobblers will, you know, group together, whereas your hens and younger birds of the year will tend to flock together. So in the fall, I'm going to go out. If I'm going to chase that gobbler, I'm going to go out and approach him and actually call him with gobbler sounds instead of using hen yelps like I do in the spring. Right. I'll go out and use primarily kikis, gobbler clucks, and gobbler yelps. You know, I want those really deep, coarse gobbler yelps and just one or two note calls 
that that says, "Hey, I'm a I'm a lone gobbler over here, and I'm looking for my friends." Mm-hmm. Whereas when I'm I'm hunting the hens in the fall, I'm actually going to use hen sounds for them. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna do a lot of key keying and a lot of one and two note clucks. I, I always start my session out each time when I call. I'll start out with uh, just two or three key keys and a few yelps on top of that and you know give it a few minutes and see what i get and a lot of times if you're within hearing range of a turkey that that just a little bit of key can will garner a response from a bird and then i'm going to break into some you know soft yelping clucks purrs basically just like if i was trying to call a gobbler during the springtime i'm going to use those calls now and i'm going to call a hen and one reason I really like to hunt hens in the fall, too, is because generally when you call one in, you're going to call in the whole flock. And you might find yourself surrounded by turkeys on all sides. You might be facing, you know, a flock of 15 or 20 birds right in front of you that you have to pick and choose, you know, and pick a good shot and, and choose which one of those birds you want to take home. So very exciting. Different approaches to it, though. Yeah. So you don't target gobblers only in the fall. And actually, you said you'd prefer to take a hen. Are all turkeys fair game for you, or do you try to stay away from the young of the year birds and harvest mature? I'll be honest with you. I try to stay away from the young birds because they're they're generally just small. You know, you don't get much more than a meal out of a Jenny bird. And personally, I don't shoot jakes just because I don't get enough excitement out of it to use a tag on a jake for myself not that i have any problem with anybody else that chooses to shoot a jake i just don't do it myself yeah and if if i can know for sure i'm shooting a jenny i'll i'll try not to if i can help it just because i want a little bit more meat on the bone hey nothing wrong with that that's one of the main reasons we go out there isn't it a wild turkey is a wild turkey in my book so they're all they're all as equal a trophy no matter what size they are. Yeah. So you don't use dogs or don't have a turkey dog. Have you ever hunted with turkey dogs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it can be pretty exciting. I tend to have to walk a little bit more when we're out with dogs. And oh, I bet. In my condition, I don't walk as well as I used to, so i got to slow down a little bit in the woods, and the dogs can really wear me out. But it is absolutely exciting to be out there. We've got a hunt planned in October with my friend Brett Berry from up in northern Ohio. Brett's well known for running turkey dogs, and and he actually would prefer to hunt fall turkey with his dogs than he would to hunt spring turkey. He's that really just ate up with the fall birds. Yeah. So we're really looking forward to getting out in the woods with Brett here. Just a few more weeks can be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I have found that most of the men and women who do fall hunt with turkey dogs feel the same way that Brett does. They would rather hunt in the fall with their dogs than they would in the spring. So there's a lot of purist tradition behind the turkey dogging. So it's a uh, almost a different breed of turkey hunter in a way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much I would mesh with the with the tradition, but it heck, just hunting anything behind dogs is incredible. I mean, they're they're amazing at their desire to do the job, and they know what the job is when they get out there. That's what is pretty well mind-blowing to me. And they just have such a strong desire to do well, to do that job well, and they hunt so hard, and they have so much fun doing it. that and they, they have a desire to please you. Yeah. 
and when when you can watch a dog work that hard to do something that you enjoy so much that's that's just amazing yeah yeah it's it's a heck of a lot of fun so i would imagine i've never done turkey dogging but i would imagine that's a heck of a lot of fun it is on my to-do list and it will get done sooner rather than later but that'll be fun i'm i'm looking forward to that opportunity so the well i uh you know i grew up i didn't have a, a dog that was you know dedicated to turkey hunting but i really wanted to fall hunt so when it when the opportunity came up, I started fall hunting in West Virginia years and years ago. It's been legal down there for a long time. It hasn't always been legal here in Ohio, but it has been for more than 20 years now. But I didn't have a dog. I couldn't didn't have the resources to keep a dog just to take turkey hunting a few times a year. So I just, you know, went out there in the woods equipped like I would for any other turkey hunt. And I found out that it, it was a lot of fun, very, very successful way to hunt turkeys. It works in the spring. Why not? do it in the fall you know yeah. so i i enjoy that a lot but like I say anytime you can watch a, a good dog work over pheasants or turkeys you know that's that's pretty neat stuff yeah no doubt so the areas that turkeys use in the fall and winter not always but most of the time are different than the areas that they use during the spring season and i know that yeah, they go ahead i was gonna say they they sometimes can do that and sometimes it, it just seems like it because they flock up a little different in the in the different time of the year, you know. So they, they generally flock separately from each other. So that, that puts them in different areas. And in the, the springtime, they seem, you know, they're more, it's all about both sexes being together. And they just seem to inhabit a little different area at that time. Yeah, that's a very good point. And it's something that I really hadn't thought a whole lot about. You know, I was thinking primarily about, food sources and you know that they're going to try to work the areas with some acorns and some seeds and that kind of stuff falling but that makes perfectly good sense so what areas do you kind of key in on to find fall flocks okay that is all that i have for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the turkey hunter podcast if you would like to hear the rest of this week's interview with Bob Fulcher, then you will need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. And in order to do that, you will want to text the word Turkey Hunter. Make that one word with no spaces. Text that to the number 44222. Once you do that, I will send you instructions on what you need to do from there and eventually you'll get a link from me that you can click on even on your mobile device and you can create a username and a password and pay the $18 per year subscription cost for the Turkey Hunter podcast. Paying that $18 will get you not only the rest of this week's episode but it will also get you the premium content for all of our past episodes and the premium content for the next 52 weeks as well. So I recommend you do that. I think it is a great investment because you're going to get a lot of extra information. And if you are a turkey hunting addict like I am, and I know many of you listening to this show are, then you will not be disappointed in your $18 investment. So whether or not you choose to become a premium content subscriber, I'm going to ask you for a favor, and that favor is to share this week's episode with a couple of turkey hunting buddies using the share feature on your podcast player application. 
there's a little share button that you can click on your podcast player application and you can share this week's episode or the link to this week's episode with a couple of friends via text message. If you would do that, I'd be very appreciative. And on that note, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices and I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.